We're going to journey with the wise men who come from the east. They emerge from someplace we do not know, and they are going to a place that they don't know. They know they're following a star, scripture says, in search of a king. They are pagans. They don't know the scriptures. They they don't have knowledge of the true God. But we can see here that in every culture, God speaks to people from their hearts according to what they know. And the Jews had the fullest knowledge of who God was. But here are the pagans coming. Once again, you see the First it's shepherds, then it's Anna and Simeon, two very lowly people, and now it's pagans. And they're the first ones to hear the good news. It's very symbolic of God coming to people of surprising ways. And so they set off, like Melchizedek, we don't know where they come from and we don't know where they go home. But they're on the way to they do not know what. The star, you know, scripture calls the angels stars. I always look with some amusement at people trying to figure out um, which celestial body this was. You know, I don't know of anyone that would, that would do the things that this star does, you know, going only so far, disappearing. Maybe they were in Oregon. The clouds came over, right? And, and then, it, then it starts up again. You know, it could have been a, a, a natural phenomenon. It could have been some astrological thing because that's, what they, that's how they saw the world. Uh, or it could have been an angel uh, who scripture calls stars in the sky in the book of Revelation. But whatever it was, they got the message. And the question really, as we go with, with them to the inflection point, which is when they reach Herod, that's the moment of truth for all of us. Uh, of course, their destination is Bethlehem. That's heaven for us, isn't it, where Jesus lives. He wants us to visit him where he lives. And meanwhile, he wants to come and live with us. But in that inflection point, before we get there, the, we wonder what our star is that we're following. Who's guiding us in this world? It's a dark world. They know they can't see during the day. They must have traveled by night. During the day, they would have had to rest. Must have been quite a, a lot of work to follow that star. Um, we, too, are in the night of this world. We walk by faith, not by sight. What's guiding us? So many in the world, Christmas is over. They, you know, they went through all the, all the usual joyous things that we do. Uh, but Christ wasn't invited. You know, you open those presents, it's not enough. It never is. Nothing on earth is enough for an eternal heart. Uh, the eternity is placed in our heart by God. And we are all in search of that happiness that we can't find here on earth. So without that instruction manual, uh, the scriptures... And a good, well-formed conscience, the church helps us to discern that we're not going to find the right way. And so the Magi, too, only could go so far on their own. Um, many in the world are following things that will not lead to a good end. Some of you may have heard about the news about the, the individual with the SWAT team and everything. Well, that was two doors down from the rectory, if you didn't know. And this individual, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can look it up on the, on the, in the Statesman Journal News for uh, Saturday, but he came to a bad end, that individual. And uh, if we don't follow Christ, our lives will be wasted because we won't know. If we don't follow our conscience, our star, our faith for Christians, we 
won't know where we're going. So that's one of the messages within this extraordinary gospel. When they get to Jerusalem, the star mysteriously vanishes. Why is this? They have to ask. We can't make it on our own. None of us is a Christian of one. We have to belong to some kind of community. We have to, periodically, we have to stop and, and have others pray for us, to guide us, um, the scriptures and, and those around us in the church. And we, they go and ask directions. They're not Jewish. They wonder why the star had disappeared. They find themselves asking the wrong person. They go right to the, the imagine, you know, that for being wise men, they're not very smart. They go right to the king and say, we're looking for the new king of the Jews. Well, the old king got, got the wind up. And you can understand this. Herod is just, he's not a very, none of these Herods are very good guys, I'll tell you. This one decides that Jesus is an enemy that's got to be destroyed. And he goes one way. The wise men take this advice and find Jesus. And they go another way. It's interesting. That's the inflection point, the moment of truth. Which way, what path are we going to take? And, of course, Herod is worried for nothing. Jesus is not a threat to him. Um, what's he worried about? Herod's only got two years to live. There's no threat. But Herod is all caught up in himself. It reminds me of, I've known people like this, and there was one in my family that was like this. I have to be careful. I can't stand here because I might knock Jesus over. But, but um, You know, people who can't face the fact that we're going to pass away one day, and we in ministry face this all the time. We walk with people on that journey. Sometimes we're the only one in the family willing to go with them down that path. Nobody else can handle it, you know. But a person that denies the reality of death and doesn't believe in everlasting life, let alone Christ, walks like this. Yo, you're good at this. Where are you at? <laughs> I, he does this at the East. At, at, anyway, I'm going to get killed here doing this. Anyway, they walk like this. And then they fall off the edge. And what are they doing? What am I doing? <laughs> um, they spend their whole lives faced, focused on this life. They send nothing ahead. They've done nothing for others, nothing for God. Everything's about them. It's all about this world. They don't know, they don't care, they don't want to hear, and then they suddenly find themselves in the presence of God and their lives. What, what became of it? You know, we as Christians face forward. And it's true, we, we're not looking at death, we're looking at, at uh, it's a transition to another world. We're in search of Bethlehem, but Christ can't stay here either. He's on the journey to the cross and the resurrection. We will follow him as Christians. We won't be afraid to look forward because we have a good guide and we're not afraid. It's a good world when he's with us as our guide. But like the, like the wise men, however many there were, we don't even know if they were all guys, but the, the thing was is that we too at times get a little lost. We lose our star for a while, don't we? We, we maybe the first fervor of our conversion may, may pass or our marriage might have troubles or in school we're suddenly not doing well, the health fails and we wonder where God is. We have to search. The wise men had to search. And when they found Jesus, were they expecting a baby? Probably not. Were they expecting such humble conditions? Probably not. We don't find Jesus in a cave. Notice our mangers are not correct. By the time they stopped, 
at the place where the child was, they were overjoyed and on entering the house. So Mary and Joseph gave birth in a cave for privacy, or perhaps they, in the, in the crush of people at that moment with the census, they needed something that was cheaper, but they did find some place to live while they were living in Bethlehem. Um, but will we recognize Christ when we see him? He's going to be in a form we won't notice on earth. He's not going to come as himself. He will come disguised as trials and sufferings and joy, others that need us, situations that require discernment. Um, and he will speak to us in our hearts, as I say in the scriptures in the church, and our lives, if we listen to him. If not, we end up like Herod. It's a very interesting, read this from a church father, from the book of Revelation. When Christ comes at the end of time, the third coming, uh, the last coming, every eye will see him, even those that pierced him. Those who love him are going to see someone they can't wait to see. They're forgiven and they're not afraid. But there's another set of people on earth that hide themselves under rocks and mountains and they say, fall on us lest we see this terrible thing that's coming. That's Herod. They're afraid of that, of God. The others welcome him. What's the difference? It's the same God. But there's two sets of eyes. What prescription are we, do we wear? Have we tuned our eyes to see God as he really is? Or are we afraid of him for no reason, like Herod? That's, I think the inflection point comes to all of us periodically in life. That's why we're here. God tests us and to see if whether we're going to put God to death, so to speak, by living a life of paganism or, or running away from him, or to go on seeking, even though it's only a star and we don't know where we're going or we don't know how to get there. We know what the destination is, but we require God to lead us. So this the epiphany is a metaphor for life for all of us, and we pray that when we do find him, we will come with our own gold, our incense, prayers, gold, that which is precious to us, myrrh, that dying to self that, that God then rewards so deeply. We thank God for epiphany, for our faith, and for his many gifts to us.